Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. We interrupt this regularly scheduled broadcast to bring you this special report. (laughs) I have been asked several times a specific question, and I've heard a lot of comments and a lot of discussions about a certain topic, so I'm going to talk about that now. And then we'll get back to how to work the way the Bible says, probably in our next episode, unless something else comes up, which may very well happen. But in the meantime, let's discuss this topic today, hopefully to calm some of your fears. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That was a clip from the inauguration speech of President FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, delivered on March 4th, 1933, 87 years ago. And if you remember your history, you'll know that was during the Great Depression. And maybe we're heading into another one of those times now, I don't know. But one of the things that he mentioned in that address, as you heard right there, uh, just a clip from it, was to not fear. Yes, there's troubles. Yes, there are issues. Yes, there are things to be concerned about. But another famous person back in that era said this, and I'm talking about Winston Churchill, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. How do us Christians stand out during this time of goofiness over a little virus? (laughs) And by standing out, of course, I mean being light in a dark world, as Jesus wants us to be, having courage. And not displaying fear, especially the irrational kind. And we see a little bit of that going on, don't we? And displaying the fruits of the Spirit, as Galatians 5 mentions, which are things like joy and hope and peace and self-control. What does the Bible say? How are we supposed to interact with others? Or not. (laughs) And what is the attitude we're to have? And by extension, to show What is it that the world needs right now? Is it courage, hope, rational thinking and actions, peace? I think all of those. So, where do we start? Well, probably the most repeated command in the Bible, which occurs in the Bible over 50 times, is the command to fear not. Don't fear Don't worry, don't be anxious, but fear not, is the way Jesus mostly chose to word it. But I want to look at how do we handle this from another passage in Scripture. I want to look at Psalm 37. One of my favorite psalms when times were tough, I would read it often and pull out from it how to handle the situations at the time, how to interact with people at the time and how to form my thinking at the time. Because the world gets things backwards. They react, 
then they get all emotional, and then maybe they think about it. Whereas us Christians are to do things the other way. And I'm sure you've heard this in previous podcasts of mine because I think it's really important. We're to remember the acronym T, T E A, and do things in this order thinking, and let our mind inform our emotions, the E, and then use those two together to inform our actions, which is the A. It has to happen in that order, T E A. And when you don't, I guess you get chaos. (laughs) And another thing that you get is the opposite of courage and a lack of hope and maybe even self-centeredness. See, I think that we as a nation have gotten things backward more in recent years than in years past. And it also is probably because we've gotten away from being independent, from independent thinking, or thinking in general. And we've gotten away from God whose word, the Bible, sets the foundation of our beliefs, which informs our thinking. So it starts with beliefs, biblical, of course, then thinking, then emotions, then actions. When that happens that way, we act rational, and others see us acting rational, and maybe we can make an impact on those around us, which could be a way of bringing glory to God. One of my favorite lines in a movie is the movie After Earth, where Will Smith says this, Fear is not real. The only place it can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that are not, at present, real, that don't yet exist, and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Don't misunderstand me. Danger can be very real. But fear is a choice. And I would like to add, and you cannot attack something. You cannot win over something. You cannot prevail and probably not even have courage with fear having any sort of grip on you. Fear is the opposite of peace. And us Christians need to be characterized by having peace. Jesus said, peace I give you, not the peace that the world gives you, but my kind of peace. And don't let your heart be troubled and fear not. Jesus said that in John fourteen twenty seven. To a Christian, peace is like being in a boat, even on stormy seas, that is anchored. And Hebrews 6, 9 says that God is the anchor to our soul. And that same type of references several times in the Psalms where we are told that God will not permit us to be shaken or rattled because we're connected to him like a ship on the ocean that is at anchor. Fear is for wimps. Strong people use rational thought, have hope and peace, and even keel approach to any issues in life. It's either an action or a reaction, as Prime Minister Winston Churchill said, that's based on emotions and not rational thought. It's what happens when your mind doesn't kick in and you show a lack of trust, a lack of trust in your your abilities, 
your confidence is shattered, and you don't know what the truth is, and you don't trust your training. And might I add, and this is probably the most underlying thing here, the most important, you don't trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, which everyone should have memorized. If you're listening to this podcast, memorize this. And I'm going to see if I can quote it from memory. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, your innermost parts, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths, or make your path a little straighter. That, my friends, is part of the problem. We're we're leaning on our understanding of things, or the media's understanding of things, or the media's portrayal of things, or word of mouth. Now, what do you know to be true? What do you know God's Word says? Don't trust on the world's things. Trust on what God says from His Word, the Bible. Look at what God has to say about things. It will give you hope and peace and strength and courage. Now, if it sounds like I'm yelling and perturbed and frustrated, I am. I'm running out of toilet paper because of the fear of people. (laughs) And the lines are long at grocery stores, which has got to be really good news for grocery store owners. See, there's always a plus. (laughs) And I noticed that if the lines are long and somebody sneezes, suddenly they're the only one in line. Hmm. Gives me an idea. So let's look at our passage I want to talk about today. Psalm 37. It says this in the first sentence. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Let's unpack that a little bit. Of course, it says at first, trust in the Lord. That sets the stage and the groundwork and what we're supposed to do. And remember, trusting in the Lord is a choice. And you have to make the decision to do it. Trust is the outward demonstration of your inward faith in God. And remember, Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. So be well-pleasing to God. Trust Him. You trust the Lord who is powerful and who has you in the palm of His hand with His fingers of protection around you. And the only thing that can get in and affect you are the things that he allows to get through his fingers. You see that word picture and see it really actually happen in your life? There is no reason not to trust God. The next it says is to do good. Well, that right there takes your mind off of the troubles in the times. And if you're doing good, you're not spending time watching news or reading news. (laughs) Yeah, watch enough just to stay informed, but don't let it affect you, okay? I used to, and it used to really bother me. I would go home angry and sad all at the same time until I just took my sail out of that wind and started hoisting my sail in God's wind. And life got a whole lot better. And I got a whole lot stronger and smarter, and a lot more courage. So do good. Find good things to do. Maybe you can help some people. Find a way of helping people through this thing. 
If your work is closed for this short time, do some good. Call up Meals on Wheels and ask if you can deliver some meals to elderly shut-ins. They're probably swamped right now. Need some help. Maybe run some errands for people. Call and talk to people. Just have a real nice conversation and be uplifting. Maybe walk dogs for somebody. I don't know. Find something good to do for somebody. Use this time wisely. Maybe take an online course or something that you can use later in life that will further your career. Or read a good book. Don't waste your time. Next, it says to dwell in the land. That's a phrase that means thrive where God has planted you. Make your dwelling, make your abode, make your home. Make the best of it where God has you right now. The grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. The grass isn't greener on the other side of this coronavirus scare thing. The grass is greenest where you fertilize it and you water it. And next it says to feed on his faithfulness. And I don't want to repeat what I've said in past episodes, but this is really important to me because it's a way of proving to you that God is trustworthy. You can trust God. Go back in time and remember things that he has done for you in the past. Answers to prayer, a sickness that folks prayed over you and you got better then, or a raise that you weren't expecting, but you were certainly in need of it. Some good things that God has done for you. And remember this, God is the same yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. So how he has taken care of you in the past and proven his faithfulness to you, he will be today and tomorrow too. See, God is worthy of our trust, and we'll make sure we know that if we pay attention and remember them. And also, if you thank him for those times in the past where he has proven to you his faithfulness. Remember those things and feed off of them. Feed means to draw nourishment from, to gain strength from, to gain hope from, to gain peace from, and to gain no fear from. (laughs) And when you can have this mental list, or maybe it's a list that you actually write down, of times in the past where God has proven his power and his faithfulness and his love for you, that will give you reason to trust him. Next it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Enjoy God. Enjoy reading the Bible. Enjoy listening to Christian podcasts or sermons. This, again, is something that you have to make the effort to do. Make an effort to delight in God. To delight in being godly. Why? Because he has a promise here. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Your innermost desires. God will give them to you, especially if they line up with his desires. God is a good and generous father. And Matthew 7.11 says he loves giving good gifts. Next it says, commit your way to the Lord. Whatever you do, do for his glory. If you want to know how to do that, I have a book. It's called Your Glorious Endeavor. Order it from Amazon today. That'll help you. Evidently, a lot of you are having time to read it now. (laughs) 
The psalm passage says again, Commit your way to the Lord, trust Him, and He will bring it to pass. What will He bring to pass? Your way. What's your way? I don't know. You can answer that one. I'm not you. Next it says, He shall bring forth your righteousness and your justice as the noonday sun. As sure as the sun comes up each day, God will help you to do the right thing. So do it. Do your way. As long as it's godly or God-honoring. And don't make excuses. It's always right to do the right thing. It's never right to do the wrong thing. And never wrong to do the right thing. If someone wrongs you or does wrong and seems to get away with it, don't let that bother you. God is a God of justice. So leave that to him and take that off your plate. doesn't need to be there. During seemingly troublesome times, it's easier to do the wrong thing. And that might be why in verse 37 of this Psalm 37 passage, it says, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. Blameless and upright is another way of saying doing the right thing in God's eyes. We seem to be tempted more to be very self-centered and not other-centered as Christ wants us to be, or even to be consumed by the negative and not focusing on the positive, which is where Jesus resides. It's easier to let the negativity around us affect us, which is a wrong thing. But it's harder to not let those things bother you. So buck up, rise above, and do the hard thing. And say, that's enough. I don't need to hear any more. Or to turn off the TV or turn off the news. After you've got just enough to be informed, but not enough to consume you or to affect you. You know, Paul says, all things are lawful, but I will not become under the power of anything. I will not be consumed by anything or have something change the joy that we have as a Christian. Next, this passage says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. These two take self-discipline, don't they? 1 Peter 5.7 says, We should cast all our burdens on Him, which is like putting a load on a pack horse. So do that and get a good night's rest. In these troubled times, do your best and let God handle the rest so you can get some rest. <laughs> you may have no reason to lose sleep over this issue or any issues for that matter. So rest knowing that God is in control. Wait for God and his perfect timing. God's timing is not our timing, <laughs> but his timing is always best. Waiting is what we do between his promise and his fulfillment. So remember God's promises, including his promise to take care of you, and then him fulfilling that promise. One thing I have learned while reading the Bible all these years, and living life all these years, is that God deals in seasons. So whatever season this is, it will end, and springtime will come. Just wait it out, patiently and with an attitude of hope that spring will come. 
And that's what God says in the next verse here in this psalm passage, where he says, do not fret. Don't stew over things. Upload your worry to God. Don't get caught in the trap of worrying. Don't get all worked up into the lather about what is going on with other people, especially if they're doing better than you, if they have more toilet paper than you do. (laughs) Fretting only causes harm. That's what his word says there. It's a waste of time. It takes you away from serving God, and it harms your Christian walk, your Christian reputation, and your relationships. And you know what? Even your health. Next it says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Don't get angry. Don't get mad. And don't get revenge. That's what that wrath means. Don't resort to outrage. Romans eight twenty eight and 29 reminds us that God is in control and he will cause all things to work out for good if you love God and are called according to his purposes. So make sure that you love God and are striving hard to follow his purpose for you, including that will that you want to do too, as long as it lines up with glorifying him. And then this passage says again, fret not. (laughs) Maybe we're supposed to not fret. This must make it serious. Fret means to gnaw at. And it also means to burst into flame. Isn't that interesting? Worry is like that. It gnaws at you from the inside and burns you up. So stop it. Jesus said that four times in one paragraph in Matthew 6. He says, stop worrying. Four times. He said, stop it. It's like he knows we'll do it. He just says, stop it. Next in this passage, it says to wait on the Lord. Be patient. One of the reasons we go through these trials and tough times, I think, is to teach us patience. In fact, James 1, verse 3 and 4 says this, and sometimes I can't believe it actually says it, but the longer I live, the more I really believe it's true. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you face trials of various kinds, (laughs) because you're going to learn patience, and you learn patience when you learn that God is in control and you trust him, and you want patience to be perfect and complete so that you don't lack anything. That's what that says in that verse. Interesting, huh? It finishes up with these two statements. The meek shall inherit the earth. Meek does not mean weak. Meek means humble. Humility means not being self-centered, but being God-centered. So be God-centered, and you will win in the end. And it ends with this. You will delight in the abundance of peace. Peace is the goal. I already mentioned John 14, 27, where Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. And then in Matthew 14, 31, when Peter was walking on the water, and he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink and drown because the waves were great around him, The news was terrible all around him. (laughs) He took his eyes off of Jesus and he sunk in the water and started to drown. 
But Jesus stretched out his hand and grabbed him and put him back in the boat and said, Peter, why did you doubt? So folks, don't doubt. Don't doubt Jesus. Jesus is alive right now, sitting at the right hand of God, listening to your prayers and putting in a good word for you to God. Let me give you one more thing about Jesus and peace. In Mark 4, verses 39 through 40, in a little boat, in a terrible storm, Jesus was in the boat with his disciples, but he was asleep. Yeah, peacefully asleep, even though there was a terrible storm and waves going up and down all around. And the guys saw all this going on around them, and they got really scared. They were afraid. And they woke up Jesus. And he stood up in the boat, and he said this word, Peace. And the wind immediately stopped, and the water was calm. You know, crickets. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Jesus stood up and said, Peace. He can control things. And he looked at the guys and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So folks, let me end with this. Focus on Jesus during this troubled times. He will give peace. He is peace. All it takes is for you to trust him and have faith. Keep your eyes on him. Let him be your strength in these times of trouble. And he will deliver you because you trust him. And you know what? That's exactly how that psalm ends. Go read it for yourself. Psalm 37. I hope this has been helpful at giving you hope. If so, would you take a few minutes and leave a review on iTunes on this podcast? And also... Go ahead and buy my book, Your Glorious Endeavor, on Amazon. And please leave a review there, too. Those reviews are incredibly helpful. So please take the time to do that. Evidently, you have some time now. (laughs) You know what, folks? We'll get through this. See you next time.